0: It's a waiting game right now as we wait for central banks and with the Fed. It's not what they do, it's what they say about next year. It's a subject of much speculation. In fact, maybe too much speculation with highly leveraged short positions on treasuries. That's the warning from the Bank of International Settlement. And the ECB has another concern. Too much money sloshing about. Did they create too much Are excess reserves lessening their impact on monetary policy? And the RBA Minutes, anything new to say on that? It's Tuesday, the 19th of September, 2023. It's the Morning Call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a 0.2 percent fall in the U.S. dollar on the DXY this morning. A quarter percent rise in the euro. Not much at all for the pound, and just 0.1 percent for the Aussie, which is up to almost 64.4 U.S. cents. Equities were up in the U.S., but talk about just scraping in into the green. The Dow and the Nasdaq finished the session both. Wait for it. 0.01 percent up. Uh, The S and P managed to 0.07 percent lift at close, and yet an hour or so out, the Nasdaq was up a quarter percent. Markets were helped by strong forward orders for the new iPhone. That helped Apple shares up 1.7% at the end of the day. But stocks are well down in Europe, including a 1.1% drop in the Euro stocks 50, 1% down for the DAX, 1.4% lower for the CAC Carant, 3 quarters of 1% down for the FTSE 100. Uh, within continental Europe, uh, Societe Generale, one of uh, Europe's largest banks, offered a downbeat forecast in its new strategic plan. So its shares fell almost 13%, so that explains some of the faults we've seen in Europe. And bond are heading in different directions on both sides of the Atlantic as well so 10-year treasuries are down two basis points, but 10-year bunds are up three basis points in Germany. In fact, most of Europe, including the UK, is up uh, at least three basis points for 10 years today, a bit higher in Italy and Greece. And oil pushing higher again. Brent is up half a percent at 94.40. It did get to 94.95 during the session, didn't quite make it all the way to 95. WTI is up 0.9%. $100 oil doesn't sound out of the question, does it? Maybe even this week. Uh, NAB Sky Masters joins me today from sydney so there is quite a lot of focus on oil right now because of course it's all down to this extension of the 1.3 million barrels per day the uh, the cut to the end of the year from saudi arabia and russia i mean i suppose if that continues and if we see a soft landing in the u.s and if we see china starting to pick up it's not hard to imagine that price getting higher and higher is it and hitting inflation prospects but it looks like so far not much contagion on the prospect of a $100 oil, into other asset classes so far.
1: Good morning, Phil. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're correct in that today we're not um, really seeing um, the the impacts of, of the higher oil price. I mean, you know, the University of Michigan consumer sentiment on Friday night in the US, you know, inflation expectations uh, actually fell. Um, you talked about that with Tappas yesterday, but, you know, I find that quite surprising given what gasoline or petrol prices are doing. So so I guess it's sort of a wait and see maybe for now. Um, I would have thought if these higher um, oil price is sustained and continues to push higher, and, you know, there are reports overnight of people talking about $100 a barrel, um, that is going to start to feed through into data. I mean, you did see it in, in recent US CPI um, data where the headline um, print Headed higher. Um, and you know, I think we've got Canadian, um, CPI tomorrow, I think. And there, the expectation there is the headline print will, will move higher while, while the core print might come lower. But the rise in the headline sort of is in part being driven by what's going on in, on, in the oil price. So, um, you know, early, early signs of it, but, but a wait, a wait and see. But the overnight price action, and oil was was interesting. You, you did see um, Brent hit ninety five dollars a barrel overnight, uh, inter- intercession high, and WTI oil, oil hit ninety two. Um, but then they did they did come off um, through the session. And if I look at when that when it started to retrace, it does seem to coincide with uh, um, news headlines of um, comments from the Saudi Arabian energy minister, um, the, talking at the world. Petroleum conference. Um, and he was saying that, you know, OPEC is working to keep oil markets stable and improve global energy security without targeting any specific price level for crude. Um, which I thought was sort of an interesting, an interesting
0: comment. <laughs> we don't, we don't care whether it's ninety five, ninety six, or a hundred. We're, we're we're not targeting a specific yeah. price. As long as it's <laughs> as long as it's a big one, that's all we care about. So I mean, it's interesting what that means. Obviously, it's you know, it's it's not going to hit the Fed this week at all. But in fact, the Wall Street Journal is saying today that it looks like the Fed's projections for inflation by the end of this year are going to be too high and their GDP projections are going to be too low. So, you know, here's the soft landing scenario and the suggestion that they will raise rates, they reckon, in this piece, uh, sometime this year is really just the Fed giving themselves the option. In other words, they're saying it's all over, Red Rover. Although, you know, if oil prices start picking up again, then that might change things. Uh, so, uh, but it, I mean, is that becoming a more general view? Do you think amongst traders now? Yeah,
1: I mean, market pricing. The, no one's re- expecting the Fed to lift rates um, this week, but there is still that that potential risk that they do have to deliver deliver one more one more rate hike for this cycle. So, uh, you know, the real, the real focus for the Fed this week will be, you know, obviously what they do with their, um, growth and inflation forecasts, but, you know, probably more importantly, what they do with their dot plot, um, forecasts. So, yeah, as we know that, that the dot plots still have one more rate hike, um, in for the, for this year. Um, and then they've got sort of rate cuts coming in. For next year. Um, So, you know, our expectation is, is that 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 they keep that um, possibility of one more rate hike before the end of the year. Um, And, you know, I wonder, you know, what do they do with with their dot plots for next year? They've currently got 100 base points of cuts reflecting in their dot plot profile. Um, and looking at market pricing this morning, the market's actually pricing mm. in 80 basis points of cuts next year.
0: Right, so they could actually so, reduce those dot plots next year, is what you're saying, isn't it? That, that moved down. And there is still uncertainty, obviously. I mean, soft landing isn't assured. I mean, there are still some people talking about a recession could be possible in, in uh, the US later on. Uh, but, you know, just last night, the NAHB housing market sentiment, that is another example of a bit of data that came in weaker than expected in the US.
1: Yes, it did. So it came in. The index fell to forty five, um, from uh, fifty, uh, and it came in well below well below market um, market expectations. So the confidence, um, home builders' confidence, has fallen quite sharply in the past two months, and it is it is following the rise in in mortgage rates and the subsequent fall in mortgage applications that we've seen. Um, so recall that mortgage applications are now at their lowest level since um, 1995. So within the index, all three components—present sales, expected future sales, and buyer traffic—all um, dropped quite, quite sharply.
0: Yeah, um, and then that 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 affects the uh, the the wealth effect on household owners. Obviously, if we uh, if we've got a, a housing market that's in decline, and then we've got you know as we're seeing today a, a share market which is just very choppy. So I mean, this with all of this uncertainty around, but with a central bank that looks like it might have peaked in terms of interest rates. I mean, that, that that's all got to add to the uh, to the proposition for fixed income as a place to be, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, as we said. Enter the um, closing phase of the tightening cycle. You know, normally what you do see in in bond markets is is that that sort, sort of yields start to head head lower because the market starts to anticipate the um you know the next phase of the um of the monetary policy cycle. The big question, though, is you know, and as you you talked about with um, Katie Martin on the weekend um, podcast, you know, table table mountain, and you know how how long is how, how long do we stay at, at the, the peak in cash rates? And that, that's the big question. Um, you know, I am sitting in the camp of, I remain in the camp of higher for longer. I think, you know, rate cuts are, are still some way off and there remains the risk of, of higher higher cash rates in, in the short term. Um, but having having said that, at, at these high yield levels, um, bond yields are are very attractive. You know, you, you're seeing that with talked last week about market positioning and a um, you know, positioning data showing that asset managers in the US are holding record net long positions um, you, you talked about with Katie Katie Dean um, a few weeks back on the on the weekend podcast around how attractive bond yields are now mm, yeah you know, bond, bonds are back yeah and, bonds and they are back, are. Baby. They're, you know they they're, they're <laughs> yielding a lot more than they were a couple of years ago.
0: I am loving the way you are giving plugs for the uh, weekend edition of the podcast as well, uh, Sky. Thanks very much for that. Uh, Look, while we're talking about bonds in the US, there's this warning from the Bank for International Settlements uh, about the build-up in leveraged short positions in US Treasury futures. So if we see that rapidly deleveraging, I mean, that could be a real problem, couldn't it? They reckon there's about 600 billion in short positions in Treasury futures right now.
1: Look, this is, um, yeah, the BIS is, is out overnight, um, talking about their concern around these positioning. Um, the, the Fed has recently talked about this back in August, and I think the Financial Stability Board did as well. So it, it, they're just highlighting, um, risks or concerns that if, if, if there is an event, um, that triggers investors being forced to unwind these leverage positions, um, you know, it, it could have a, um, you, know, you could have a dislocation in in market. so they're just highlighting highlighting potential potential risks out there in terms of um, you know how hedge funds or, or speculative players are um, are highly leveraged in this basis trade mm-hmm. um, where, where they're trading between the you know the differences between where where futures are trading and, and cash bonds
0: are trading. So, I mean, the other news today as well overnight, it's not a lot of new news, but there's that. And then also, and I'm wondering whether this is why, I mean, the dollar is down today, and is it down because of euro strength and the move we've seen up in German bunds? How much is that is down to talk from uh, ECB policymakers, according to Reuters, a story there, um, that they want to do something about the multi-trillion euro pool of excess liquidity that is sloshing around in bank reserves. So back in July... They asked banks to release their weekly uh, uh, data, uh, liquidity data, starting from this month. Uh, and they obviously haven't liked what they've seen. And they've said, you know, that they might have to do, they might have to raise reserve requirements. Uh, or what else could they do? I guess they could unwind their bond buying as well. They, their worry is that too much liquidity is impacting the effect that interest rates uh, are having on fighting inflation, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably drawing a long bow trying to to... Suggests that this news article might be might be impacting the currency, but um, you know, having said that, um, yeah, the, I mean, it's probably a natural progression, isn't it? That that discussions or, or central banks start to look closer at their their balance sheets once they've you know near the end can. of their yeah. tightening cycle. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I guess this is something that you know will continue to discuss uh, over the coming months. I mean, President uh, Lagarde did say last week, didn't she, that policymakers didn't discuss the bond buying scheme at their latest policy meeting. Um but that doesn't mean that they don't going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Phase two. So uh, the RBA minutes today, perhaps not too much excitement there. I mean, the meeting saw the RBA on, uh, RBA on hold, of course. Uh, minimal changes to the post meeting statement last time. So a surprise in these minutes seems unlikely, doesn't it? But you never know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we haven't really heard a lot from the RBA since their um, September meeting. The only speech we've had it was, you know, um, Dr Lowe's. Speech um, or his last speech at the Annika Foundation um, last last week. Um, so you know, maybe maybe the minutes contain um, some new information, but sadly, I think that's going to be a low a low probability. Um, yeah, the only sort of possible market moving thing could be if if you know the RBA didn't consider raising rates as an option in that meeting, but um, we view that as a very low probability. So you know this is not not really going to be seen as as market moving
0: and mm. and you know we're all just waiting for for the Fed we're waiting for the Fed, absolutely, and then all the others that follow in quick succession. So, a quiet start to the week, and then it all gets exciting in the middle of the week. And uh, so, yeah, stand by for it. Uh, good to talk, uh, Sky. We'll catch you again next time. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. I always do, feel in the build-up to the Fed, it feels like the podcast just a few before it. It's a bit like when you're watching football coverage and the coverage starts a few hours before the big game. Everyone is just filling in as much as they can because we've got to. But look, it all those game more exciting so join us tomorrow morning for the next edition of the morning call I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll speak to you then